0: Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. In this week's podcast, Reviews editor Rebecca Franks joins me in the studio to talk about the December Issues Recording of the Month, a disc of Shostakovich Symphonies numbers 6 and 14, performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra under Vladimir Derovsky. And that's on the LPO's own in-house label. It's a terrific time to be a Shostakovich fan, isn't it? There's some amazing recordings out, quartets, piano music, symphonies... And and of course now this recording, it really is a sort of a cornucopia of wonderful Shostakovich recordings.
1: Yes, it's a it's a wonderful time for for really superb recordings of of Shostakovich. Um Vasily Petrenko and the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra have just come to the end of their really very, very impressive uh, recording um cycle on Naxos of all the symphonies. Um, lovely guide to it, a little plug here, in the November issue of BBC Music Magazine. Uh, The Pacific Quartet with their Shostakovich discs, Alexander Alexander Melnikov recording the Preludes and Fugues. Lots of really stunning, stunning interpretations.
0: Yes, and actually, um, sort of, and this one's sort of sli- slightly out of the blue, I think. Not, not a series of recordings that the London Philharmonic Orchestra are putting together, but two very um, separate live recordings of number 6 and number 14 packaged together, making quite a sort of a bleak listen, but but a compelling one.
1: It's completely overwhelming, I think. I mean, it is, as our reviewer says, it's a gruelling listen, really. It's not, you know, it's not an easy listen in many ways, but these, these two symphonies, you really you get a sense of, what Shostakovich's um, views on on life and death, I guess, are, especially in the 14th Symphony, where he's really then tackling the question of of, of death, just head on there. Um, And actually they work, as you say, there were two live recordings done a a few years apart, but they they work very well together. I don't think it's an obvious pairing, but they do work well together, Mm.
0: I think. Well, let's start with number six. And before we talk about that, let's hear an extract from the second movement, um, Allegro. So that was an extract from the second movement of Shostakovich's Symphony No. 6 as performed on our recording of the month by the London Philharmonic Orchestra conducted by Vladimir Urofsky. Number six is always, I think, the symphony that is slightly lost, sort of in between the very popular number five and the rather devastating number seven, the Leningrad. But number six really has genuine qualities of its own, sort of starts with this very long meandering slow movement, almost as if the central movement is the one that it kicks off with.
1: Yes, I mean, this the Largo which opens it is this. It's, it's sort of, on this recording, 17 minutes, and then these two fast movements, five and seven minutes each, that, that follow it, and I think people think that's a bit of a strange structure for a traditional symphony. But then we are in the 20th century when he's writing these symphonies, so it means a different thing. But that, I mean, that Lago is just an incredible movement. And I mean, we were talking earlier, you don't really think of Shostakovich as a symphonist or a composer who necessarily portrays landscape and a sense of place in his music. I kind of think of him more as... Uh, sort of internal emotions in a way, but here you really—I feel—in this lago, you get the sense of this stillness and out of time, sort of vast expanses uh, you can imagine in Siberia, and and just the vastness of of, of Russia. Mm. I think that comes across here. Mm,
0: a desolation, and also um, premiered in 1939. You know, a real sense of on you know the coming dangers of the Second World War, as you know, Hitler was pushing into Eastern Europe, and also the Russians at that time were pushing into Eastern Europe as well. On the other side, you know, a real sense of a clash of cultures about to boil up.
1: Yes, and actually at the, at the time, he just transcribed the adagio, I think it was from the Mahler's tenth, his unfinished symphony which was just written on the cusp of the First World War. And I think lots of, um, of writers and performers have made the point that it's kind of a Mahlerian feel to a lot of Shostakovich and kind of the way he uses these very small groups of instruments sometimes, not just the whole big orchestra, but small small groups for, for colour. And the funeral march kind of ideas you get in the Lago as well, that... Sort of comes straight out of Mahler. Mm.
0: We should hear an extract from the um, the, the the first movement um, largo because that really is the symphony. The other um, movements are really sort of coders, really almost encores, I suppose. This is really the heart of what Shostakovich, I think, was was trying to say. So let's hear an extract from the Symphony Number no. Six. So that was an extract from the Largo Symphony No. 6. Uh, also on this recording is the Symphony Number no. 14. That was the first uh, Shostakovich symphony that Vladimir Rosky conducted with the London Philharmonic. So, you know, it means a great deal to this orchestra and to this conductor.
1: Well, I think he thinks it's one of Shostakovich's greatest pieces, as does Vasily Petrenko, who says in, in our guide. And Shostakovich himself said, this is kind of the culmination of my life's work. Everything's mm. been leading up to this.
0: I mean, it's not the soundtrack to a Saturday morning. Though, is
1: it? <laughs> It's <You> not. <laughs> It's not at all.
0: So tell us about the themes. <laughs>
1: well, there's really only one theme, I guess. The, the, the main theme is 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 death. So Shostakovich wanted to take on this subject because I think he felt that death was often seen as a the gateway to an afterlife. And um, actually, he wanted to say, no, actually, death is it. And there is nothing afterwards. But he also, it wasn't just because he, you know, that's very bleak, but he, he wanted it. So to say it so that people would appreciate life and would live life to the full. So it is an exceptionally bleak work. These 11 settings of um, poems all taking on different kinds of, um, of deaths, basically.
0: And, and terrific singing. And we've got, well, we got singing in this. I mean, this is the great thing about this symphony um, and the settings of the poet. Poems. The poems are actually sung by uh, a soprano Tatiana Monogorova and baritone Sergei Lifakus. I mean, absolutely wonderfully sung and, and so emotional. I mean, such sort of unrelenting uh, uh, sort of depression, really, um, <laughs> it is. That, that they managed to imbue with, with so much beauty as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they're native Russian um, singers and these were texts from all different languages but translated into Russian. And so there's that, you know, this is stuff that they can just... It's utterly natural for them, um, and it's in this sound world with the strings and percussion and just these two voices. Um, it's very intense. It's quite you know condensed sort of feeling.
0: Mm. Really was, packs a punch. Let's hear the um, uh, an extract from actually the opening uh, of Symphony Number Fourteen, the De Profundis. So that was an extract from the opening movement, the De Profundis, the Out of the Depths, uh, from Symphony No. 14 by Shostakovich. Um, Shostakovich was um, actually inspired to write this uh, symphony after he orchestrated Mussorgsky's Songs and Dances of Death, which itself is very much a sort of contemplation on the whole idea of death as well. So um, it it, it, it is clearly something uppermost in his mind.
1: Well, and he'd just, uh, three years before, he'd had a heart attack and he actually finished this when he was in hospital. He had, had polio and I don't think he'd really, Recovered, still from his heart attack. So, he and he wrote it very quickly. I think he was he wanted to make sure that this was written and that he could, he could hear it being performed while he was still alive. You know, he's like Mahler was when he was writing his ninth symphony. This was a, a composer very much who had experience of being on the edges of life and death. And I, I mean, I guess in, in in bigger terms, death was something in the Soviet regime that was always there, was always lurking, perhaps never talked about openly. In, in, sort of publicly, but but was always there. I mean,
0: presumably, when this um, symphony was being premiered in um, 1969, you know, people were disappearing all the time. Um, you know, people would go missing. Um, families were just were just fearing for their lives, really. <laughs> За это прекрасный, кто тебя научил таким опасный? So that was an extract from the Lorelei movement of the Symphony Number Fourteen. Um, tell us a little bit about the uh, contributors to the uh, the poetry, I mean, the, the settings that Shostakovich uses.
1: Yes, so um, well, we start off with with two poems by by Lorca, but then the the majority of the text we have here are by Guillaume Apollinaire. Um, we've also then got a text by Rilke and one by Kufel But yes, as I say, the Apollinaire is kind of the, the the meat, I guess, of of the settings we have here, and. Each one is kind of tackling, I guess, sort of unnatural death. So we have a voice speaking, a suicidal voice, someone speaking from an unmarked grave. Um, We have this poem after the the Lorelei, telling the kind of legend of the the Lorelei and the Rhine. And it's one that I found very striking, the in prison, where they're describing the prisoner in a bear pit pacing back and forth. Um, And actually there was a documentary, a BBC documentary, about... um, a prison in Russia, and, I mean, that image was...
0: The prisoners very much do pace, b-
1: pace back and forth, and forth in these tiny cells. Um, it was very striking, I thought.
0: It's, yes, again, I think in, in in prison you get an idea of the isolation, the desolation of of the, of the, of the Russian sort of landscape, really. Yes. The idea that this prison would have been nowadays, you know, it's at least seven hours' drive from the nearest city. Well, like I think they said that it
1: was in a forest that was larger than Germany mm. I mean you just can't, <laughs> can't really begin to fathom the,
0: the distances involved <laughs> no
1: no um so yes the, these poet, these poems all have a different different take on on what happens when when someone dies
0: basically shall we uh, hear an extract from in prison So that was the In Prison Movement from Shostakovich's simply number 14, sung by Sergei Leifekus and performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Vladimir Urofsky, and that's on the London Philharmonic Orchestra's own label and is our December Issues Recording of the Month. So join us next month when we'll be discussing the Christmas Issues Recording of the Month. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.